This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome back to the Betting Weekly Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Just a couple of days until Christmas, the festive period is well and truly upon us. As always, I'm joined by the brilliant Nigel Seeley. Nigel, welcome back to the UK, first of all. Nice trip to New York. How was it? Tell us all about it. It was cold. It was very cold. <laughs> uh, minus two degrees, minus, minus zero temperatures. But uh, yeah, it was a fantastic trip. Good to be back in America First time in a, in a couple of years with the pandemic that we could, we could travel. And it was really nice to see so many new faces. A lot of people who've listened to this podcast, a lot of people who've followed my career over the years. And it was good to go out for meals with them, having a few Stellas with them. Uh, so it was great to see them all. So, uh, yeah, a brilliant time. Um, the city was looking good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back out again in the in the not-so-distant future. And, you know, obviously, it's exciting times for New York because, obviously, Bet Rivers... Uh, have got the license to be one of the, uh, the the sports books there, which which will come in February, I believe. So, um, if you're a New Yorker, it's going to be very very exciting. And Bet Rivers very lucky to be one of those ten people who hold the license one of the sports books in New York. So, for Bentley's come in and New York, brace yourself, it's going to blow Vegas away. I think on the numbers, I think it's going to be astronomical. Tell us a little bit about the stellar over there, because you told us before that it wasn't as good as it improved. No, 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 no. It's too gassy. <laughs> they have uh, the American beers are very, very gassy. Um, you know, the, and and they're not strong. Nowhere near as strong as the cellar. But saying that though, I did put a few away, and I and I and I did. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't always uh, at my best uh, in uh, mental strength after a few of them. But uh, nowhere near, nowhere near as uh, as uh, strong as the cellars in the UK. The other thing is because it's so gassy. If you have like three or four of them, you need to go to the toilet like ten times, like proper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, not but. Three times the price. I mean, I think the cheapest I found a Stella, where I was out with uh, a guy called Gareth, who's uh, who's been listening here, and his wife. Um, I think it was about nine dollars. It's the cheapest. It's about eight quid. Eight quid a point. Um, I think the most expensive I found was about twenty, about eighteen quid. Although it, the Freedom Tower went to the top of the Freedom Tower, which is where uh, the the fantastic building was uh, next to where the Ground Zero is, and um, up there a can of Stella. Which wasn't even a full can; even a half a can was uh, nine pound, nine so twelve dollars at night. So, unbelievable markup on the on the alcohol. So, um, I I can't afford to get drunk in New York. I can afford to get <laughs> drunk. We have a pub here called Wibberspoons, and you can you can get drunk there for about fifteen dollars. You know, you can get absolutely, you know, you two three dollars a, a beer. So you got no, you, you got the, but New York prices sky high, sky high. Need to cash a few more of those tickets, don't we? Well, uh, we're doing all right, Harry. We're doing all right. That's that's why we that's why I went because we've got a few quid on the in the back pocket on the first three weeks of the of the bet card, of the podcast. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how last week went then, because it, as you say, it was a very very good week. Um, we started with a great week. We had a not so great week 
uh, I think it was the second or third time around and, and we bounced back. So uh, what what went well last week? Pretty much everything went well. Um, we had the, the parlay. We, I gave a 14 parlay, which was Manchester United, Nottingham Forest, Rio Falicano and Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, obviously become a three-team parlay because the uh, Man United game was postponed. So all three won, which was uh, good for us. And now better of the week was um, Wolves uh, on the handicap against Chelsea, which I watched with uh, in, in, in the sports bar, the Legends bar opposite the Empire State Building with uh, the big, my biggest fan, uh, uh, Paul Laguna, Joda fan. I was out with him watching that game in the nil-nil draw we cashed on the handicap. So that was a good, good win for us as well. So, um, yeah, it was a great weekend uh, last weekend. And hopefully, if we've got any games to talk about, Harry, um, we, we'll be OK with the problems we have over here at the moment with COVID. Absolutely. And it's, COVID's a good place to start, right? Because it is uh, a situation that is is ongoing at the moment. We don't really know uh, what's going to kind of happen in the coming weeks, months. So, Nigel, we've got an email come in from Steve Collison over there in the States who asks the question, what advice would you give to somebody betting on the Premier League and on English football in general, given the current situation? Because we've already lost two of the Boxing Day Premier League fixtures due to COVID cases. So, Talk to us a little bit about how people should be approaching this market right now. Well, you say two of the Premier League, but the, I mean, I only got off a plane three or four hours ago and I've been looking at, the, at this, doing some research on this for the weekend and, and the game, the, the calendar is decimated by these COVID cases. Um, when we got back in England, three people I know have, have messaged me today and said they've, they've got COVID, one of them including uh, one of our family members who was going to see it at Christmas. So it's absolutely rife over here. I mean, I've never, it's, it's 100,000 cases a day. So everything is going to get affected by it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the majority of the card decimated. And the first rule I would say about this COVID thing is that is that um, when it first reared its ugly head uh, at the very start of the pandemic and the people playing behind close fence, I went through the worst betting period of my career I could not find a winner and the reason why it was because I, I the home advantage become very very not not as high as what it was a percentage chance of a home side nobody had seen anything like it in the pandemic nobody knew how they could relate teams like Liverpool were getting beaten at home by teams like Burnley and Brighton and all these kind of stuff it was just unheard of and the biggest thing I found was that I was playing the lines too early so I was placing bets on, on a Thursday or sometimes on a Wednesday when the lines come out. I thought that's a wrong price, especially in the English lower leagues. And by the time Saturday came, the, the odds were massively different. The lines were very different because players had suffered from COVID and, and teams were decimated and squads were decimated. So I would obviously stake your stakes very sm a lot smaller than usual because... You know, late team news can happen. You know, if, if there's a big player missing, it has a big effect. And the other thing I think is the very key thing is, is is play your bets at the last minute. You know, I know we've got Christmas Day. and We're going to talk about the Boxing Day fixtures here. So the day after after Christmas Day. But, um, you know, if your book is open on Christmas Day, it might it may be wise to leave it to the day of the match. Get up early and play them uh, on, on the day of the match. Because the two days before, it was... You look at the team news that they change massively, and I and I went through a very 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 bad time uh, during the COVID position, and I'm worrying about that now. So I'm playing very very small this weekend. I'm looking at the games. Uh, I'm not going to touch it. There's, there's no football anywhere around Europe apart from the English. All you know, it's a midwinter break in the big leagues that I look at. So it's only the English league. But 
I think on this podcast, we're only going to concentrate on the Premier League because League One and League Two, we really could be in a situation on, 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 on Boxing Day where we could have maybe three or four games. And if there and if there's you know we saw Chelsea the other day were forced to play the the football leagues may force those players to play teams to play so that we can't have any bets of any confidence too far in advance leave it to the last minute and obviously don't bet too much that's a very important betting message across everything we do but especially in COVID you know if, if you're thinking you know, I'm going to win the money back that I've spent at Christmas for the family Christmas this is the worst time to do that do not go crazy play very very small because COVID honestly ruins um, betting betting markets I wouldn't I wouldn't get too heavily involved yeah great advice and and sound advice based on the situation as you say that is, uh, has hit us here in the UK again um let's look through some of those matches then from the premier league schedule uh starting with west ham southampton boxing day um we'll run through each of them and, and just give us your your kind of brief thoughts on each game yeah i mean west ham i I, I was saying to you maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago, that I thought West Ham were a really, really good side. You know, they, they're going to challenge for the, for the Champions League positions. And things have just suddenly gone a little bit wrong at West Ham in the last couple of weeks. I know they played... I, hadn't, I didn't see the game last night against Tottenham, but I was travelling. But I heard that they played really, really well. They, um, did, they, yeah. they should have... Declan Rice again was superb. But they're not getting the, the rub of the green at the moment. I think they also played well against Arsenal, didn't they, Harry? I know Arsenal won 2-0, but I thought West Ham played well in that game as well. I didn't really think they were too good. I thought they were solid, but they never really offered anything as an attacking threat. But you could see that structure that has been at the forefront of, of their success recently. So I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. So, but I mean, if you look at those, they haven't won in the last four matches. But admittedly, there's 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 things to make a case for them. I um, mean, the last three matches they've had in the Premier League have all been on the road. So they haven't gone back to West Ham where they're notoriously very strong. And the other game they lost against us in the Europa League against Dynamo Zagreb, and they'd already not qualified. So um, I, I think that West Ham will probably be too strong for Southampton, but Southampton aren't in very good form at all. I mean, they haven't won a game in six. Uh, they've drawn three of the last uh, six games as well. No wins. The last time they won on the road was at Watford. Uh, that was in October. So you would expect West Ham to win this. Um I wouldn't go too crazy. They're minus 114 with Bet Rivers. Southampton are plus 330 and the tie is plus 260. But I'm not quite sure West Ham are the same side as what we saw um, earlier, you know, a month ago. And to have a big, big match, I know they had a few players missing from it, but a big, big match against Southampton, against Tottenham in midweek and then play Southampton, it may be a little bit too much for them. And the other big factor here is um, there was an injury concern for Antonio, their striker. And if he doesn't play, then West Ham don't look the same side. So um, very tentatively going for West Ham, but no conviction whatsoever. And they wouldn't be in any of my parlays or any of my bets uh, in, in the um, on the weekend. Tottenham Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham... And if, I, I saw an unbelievable stat. Did you see the stat? The amount of um, running that Tottenham have done under um, Nuno. The former manager, they were 20th in the Premier League, which they didn't put any shift in. Now they're number one. Uh, the amount, the, the, how much he's changed that around. Conte is, is a proper manager, and I know, I know, the, as an Arsenal fan, you won't want me to turn around and say that they they could do all right actually. But the, I think I think they may go on a good good little run here. Uh, Palace are always a side that do well when you don't expect them, and they're always a good team to bet at a big price 
on the road, and there's certainly a big price here. Uh, you can get pallets at plus 390, Tottenham are uh, minus 136, and the tie is plus 280. But I would exp- I would have thought you would have got a better price than plus 390 for Crystal Palace. And I think at minus 136, Tottenham, there are signs that they're getting better. There's signs that the manager's working, and you can see in their work rate and their effort. And I think Tottenham will win this game and they will be in the parlay. So Tottenham at minus 136 to beat Crystal Palace will be one of the selections in the parlay this weekend. You mentioned that running stat and and you're absolutely right. The the improvement has been dramatic from Tottenham Hotspur. And we heard, didn't we, that Antonio Conte banned ketchup from the Tottenham. uh, Was was, uh, was he the the Latin American centre forward they were going to buy? Salvatore Hitchup or something like that? (laughs) Oh, you you in I thought it was just a player they were going to ban called uh, Salvatore Hitchup. They wanted to go from Verona. But uh, no. Um, Well, I mean, if if that means that you can run that far. That's what I'm saying. What's in ketchup? What's in ketchup and it stopped them running? What's what's in ketchup that's made them go from 20th in the running stats to first? I'm going to, I'm going to tell, Misses to stop getting ketchup and see if I can do the uh, if I can get into the uh, do a little bit of a sprint round the around the corner around the block, but uh, right it's, it's whatever's happened is working. I think it's more to do with the fact that the guy's a very good football manager, and, and he's getting a lot out of a team that just didn't look like they were playing for the manager. Uh, and I think that um, they are a, lo- a very vastly improved side, and I think they might go on a decent run, Tottenham, uh, in the start of twenty twenty two, and. Um, I think they start with a win against Crystal Palace. I'm still not convinced about Crystal Palace. I know they have the odd win at home, but on the road, I'm, I'm not convinced about it. If you look at their road form, uh, they beat Manchester City, but <laughs> they, you know, that, that's incredible. But uh, other than that, they've gone to Man United, lost 1-0, went to a lead side, lost 1-0. Um, I, I, I'm still not convinced about it. They've got some good players, obviously, in Connor, uh, Gallagher and, uh, and, and, and Wilfred Sahar, but I still think they're a side that are going to be finished towards the bottom than the mid-table where they currently are. The mighty Arsenal, they travel to Norwich City this weekend or this Boxing Day. What's your thoughts on this one? Well, Arsenal, I've turned it around. I mean, you know, Mikel Arteta was the manager, the man who was going to be the bookmaker's favourite to lose his job. And now four wins on the trot and they're scoring goals. That's the big thing for Arsenal. They're scoring goals. Uh, What's that? 14 goals in the last four matches. I know in the midweek they played um, Sunderland, the League One side, but to score... Two at home against uh, West Ham, three at home against Southampton. And they won those games, specifically the Southampton game, but they didn't play that well. Southampton were a bit unlucky. Uh, and getting four against the depleted lead side. So the confidence is good, and they're doing it without Aubameyang, which is even better, isn't it, Harry? I mean, you, you're you probably much more uh, better educated to talk to me about Arsenal. But uh, it's given the youngsters a chance. They seem to be thriving, and I think they'll go to Norwich with absolutely no fear whatsoever. The trouble is, is the odds. We're only going to get minus 240. For Arsenal to win this game, Norwich are plus seven dollars. The tie is plus three eighty. But the one thing I do fancy the way that Arsenal play at the moment, with the confidence and the swagger and the youth and and just just the, the freedom they're playing with, I think there's goals. And with the way Norwich defends, I mean you, you can't expect Norwich to keep a clean sheet against anyone. So um, the bet I like here is on the goals market. I think both teams to score. Yes, um, I think over two and a half goals is probably the better angle which is also minus 134, similar price to Tottenham to win that game. Because I think Arsenal on their own could cover that. I think Arsenal could get two or three. Uh, so a small lean towards over two and a half goals in the Norwich beat Arsenal game. Manchester City versus Leicester City. 
another game that just screams goals. I mean, Leicester involved in a 3-3 draw against uh, Liverpool and then obviously lost on the penalties. But that's going to take a huge amount out of them because uh, that, that was a good Leicester side out. Madison played, Vardy played. That was a real good side. And the worst place you want to go to is Manchester City. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few um, COVID cases come at Leicester. Uh, get, get the players get the players rested, but um, I think Man City could run over easy winners in this one. I think they'll cover the, the Asian handicap. Bet Rivers have the Asian lines here, and I think that is the way you want to go. Man City are minus two, which is minus one oh nine. I like that. I think they will. I think they'll win easy. I think that Leicester, you know, that, that, not only did that game in midweek was it was it energy sapping with the three three draw, it was also emotionally sapping because they. They should have won that game. You know, they were they were they were they were what, three three one up and cruising. So I like Man City minus two, and that will be in the parlay as well. Man City minus two on the Asian handicap at minus one oh nine. Burnley take on Everton uh, at Turf Moor. Not where I'd like to spend my boxing day, but there well, are some I feel, that I, will. I feel very sorry for the poor people who are going to be in attendance in, attendance in this game because it's not going to be a classic. Uh, two sides drastically out of form. Um, Burnley, though, are the draw specialists. They've become the draw specialists in the Premier League now. They mean the four of their last five games have been draws. Um, Everson haven't won. It, 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 they've won only one game in their last 10. Rafa Benitez is the manager under huge, huge pressure. He was under pressure when he went there, being in his association with Liverpool. Um, I think that looks a tie. I think if you're looking for a bet there, I think the draw at plus 225. Uh, the other thing I like here is under two and a half goals. I mean, the last four of the last five uh, Burnley games have all cashed under two and a half goals. And they seem to have gone back to that dull uh, rugged, tough team to beat and try to score on a counter-attack. They tried to be a bit more, have a bit more flair early in the season, but they look very sort of boring to watch now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go for uh, under two and a half goals. Um, I think that's definitely the best angle. And if you're looking for a bet uh, with a little bit of uh, juice in it, I think the draw here uh, makes some heel. And this may, this match here, may make an appearance in the dog of the week. So um, there is, there's a, there's an angle that I think I'm, I'm going to go for in this game on the dog of the week. Aston Villa, they welcome Chelsea to Villa Park. That's uh, one of the late games or evening games on Boxing Day. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Well, you know what? I've, Chelsea just look aside that um, I don't, I don't, they don't look a happy bunch. I know they, they beat Brentford in midweek in, in the cup again. But they struggled in that game. They left it right on, scored two goals. But, you know, the, the Wolves game, they they were all over the place. They've got no striker. They've got no Lukaku. They've got no Werner. Uh, they've got problems scoring goals. And, and they have problems conceding goals, goals as well, which is very unlike uh, Chelsea. 1-1 draw against Everton the week before. A 3-2 uh, win over, uh, over, over Leeds. But um, I, I think Villa have got a chance here. Um, you know, at home, Villa's record is pretty good under Stephen Gerrard's coming. I mean, they, they they beat Brighton. I think they did. I think they beat Leicester. And the only team who's beaten them under his uh, management is Manchester City. So they, they, I've got a chance here. I think I'd want to get with them on the Asian handicap again or on a handicap of some sorts. Um, on the actual match itself, I'm checking out the prices here. Better Rivers has lost the page. But um, Villa are... I don't know how I'm going to find it for you, Harry. Um, Villa are lost the page, right? Yeah, so Villa are plus 440. Uh, Chelsea are uh, heavy favorites, minus 
123 or something like that. Yeah, minus minus 123. So I, 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 I'm not so, um, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at um, Villa plus a goal on the Asian handicap. I think they've got a chance. Uh, I don't think they've got a big, big enough to win it. But, I, I, you know, the Chelsea at the moment aren't playing well. And Villa is it's become a, a tough place to go and get a result. So not as a foregone conclusion as you would expect. Cool. Uh, moving on, Brighton versus Brentford. Two sides that uh, I think will be trying very hard. The, the two owners of these two clubs, Brighton and Brentford, uh, have got uh, have got a bit of history in the in the, in the gambling business. Both of them are, are, are very big sports betters, and I think it'll be a very interesting game from that perspective. That uh, they've made their money from from playing on on sports betting. Tony Bloom was a huge. Uh, soccer better who owns Brighton and Matthew Benham was equally a huge soccer better who made all his money for Brentford so it's going to be for an interesting point from the from the betting perspective uh, and there's not really much love lost between those two individuals so I think it's quite you know it doesn't look like a game that you would expect to be a fiery match but um, there could be a, a bit a bit of that tension in this game I think that this game could may may be a bit surprising on the cards there'd be no Christif, uh, Christmas um festivities here so i'm looking at over three and a half bookings which is minus 122 uh so more than three bookings in the game you cash so over three and a half bookings an interesting one. and it's the subplot of the two uh owners of the clubs i think they'll have to seem fired up for this one so over three and a half bookings minus 122 cool and there is a game on the 27th newcastle man united is it too early to Give us a, a well. I think, I think I think we we'll, we'll just look at that game. I think that you've, got, you've got to expect goals again. I mean, Manchester United are looking a lot more attack-minded under the new manager, and Newcastle defensively have been absolutely atrocious. So, definitely the goals angle for me. But um, we probably wait and see that if it goes ahead. I, I think we concentrate on the on the twenty-six. The parlay is going to be on the on the twenty-six. So I'm just going to stick to those ones at the moment. Cool. Uh, let's uh, let's look at the parlay then. Let's uh, just wrap up what exactly that is. You mentioned a couple of those games are in there. Uh, so let's have the uh, Premier League parlay for this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to just play three teams. Um, well, three markets. So listen to this. You've got to listen to the market. So the first one I'm going to play is Tottenham to beat Crystal Palace. They're minus 136. I'm going to play Manchester City minus two goals on the Asian handicap against Leicester. Um, I think Leicester will be leg weary after the game against Liverpool and, and Leicester have a real tough Christmas. The following game after Man City, they play Liverpool in the league as well. So, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Leicester have some uh, COVID cases that may get cancelled. And the final uh, bet is this part is it's interesting card angle. Brighton are playing Brentford, um, two owners of the clubs who, um, who, who know each other very well. And I think there'll be quite a fiery game. So over three and a half cards in that game. So that will play plus 480. And I'm sure Bet Rivers will round it up to $5 uh, if you want to play on the parlay. So Man City minus two against Leicester. Over three and a half uh, cards. Brighton against Brentford. And Tottenham minus 136 to beat Crystal Palace. Good stuff. Let's have the this week's dog of the week. And again, remember, we're limited to the Premier League action this week because of the ongoing situation. So uh, who's looking like a, a tasty underdog to, to back? Well, I'm not going to actually specifically back a side. I'm not going to pick a, a, a team at a big price. If I, I would be slightly tempted towards Aston Villa, but I'm not going to go that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play Burnley against Everton. Uh, that's my angle here. And I'm going to play this game to finish nil-nil. 
Uh, I just think that this game, a draw would really suit both managers. Um, if you look at Burnley in the recent weeks, like I say, they've gone very, very, very low scoring. Two of their last three matches have ended nil-nil. Uh, four of their last five have ended in draws. And Everton under Rafa Benitez are very, very, very uh, offensive-minded. Uh, Defensive-minded, sorry. Um, their last match was a draw against Chelsea. I know that. But the Everton have been involved in some high-scoring fixtures. But I just feel that both of these sides are happy with a point here. And I think the nil-nil at 7-1. to one. But if you do, just a word of caution, always bet no goal score rather than nil-nil. Because if it ends, if it's an own goal in the game and it's 1-0, you'll be paid out on no goal score rather than nil-nil. But I think that's low scoring. I, I just got to think that's going to be a draw. And I think it'll be a low scoring draw. But, you know, that that would be my my play uh, on that one. But so if you look also look at the um, the last season, it was 1-1 draw. And the season before that was 1-0. So always been a few low scoring games when these two play. So Burnley, Everton, nil-nil, my dog of the week. Nice. Uh, let's uh, move on to Sealy's famous friends. Now, last week, we asked you guys uh, to send in your answers with regards to this particular question. Uh, let me just bring it up again to make sure that I get it uh, completely right. So, uh, Nigel met an American sports legend and pretended to be American. Who was it? Was it A, Tiger Woods, B, John McEnroe, C, Michael Jordan, or D, Dan Marino? Nigel, do you want to reveal the answer and, and tell us briefly about the story or how it went? Yes. Uh, the answer in question, this question is Michael Jordan. I met Michael Jordan and he, I turned around and I pretended to be American stupidly. I don't know why I did it. I still can't answer that question why. Um, and where it was, was is it the Ryder Cup in Valderrama uh, when Europe played um, the USA and it was in Spain in Valderrama. And I think that Ryder Cup was around about 1997, I believe. And uh, I was working there and I was following the uh, one of the matches. I think it was Tiger Woods was, and Marco Mira were playing against Nick Faldo and Lee Westwood, I believe it might have been. And um, this, I heard this, smelt this big puff of cigar smoke and in a, sitting in a bunker. And just to the right of me was Michael Jordan. And when he got up, I turned around and went, pleased to meet you, like <laughs> in an American accent. And uh, I couldn't stop myself. I said, listen, oh, it's an honor to meet you, man, or something like this. And and and, and he looked at me as he said, this guy's not really, doesn't really speak like this. And then the stupid thing, I looked down and I had a European... Uh, Ryder Cup um, top on a uh, polo top, which uh, made me even look more <laughs> stupid. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know why I did it. I just read it. Hey man, it just please, came out. Yeah, yeah. Please to meet you. And then like, he just, I just couldn't stop it. And he wandered off. No security, just wandered off. And uh, I, 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 I just sort of carried on down the fairway, thinking, what a absolute clown I was. But, yeah, it was <laughs> Michael Jordan. I met at the 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 Valderrama Ryder Cup, and I pretended. That I was American. Stranger things have happened, I guess. I guess if you were surrounded by that accent, it, it's easy for you to just kind of adopt it by accident without thinking. I'm trying to make you. Seem I think. A bit no, I, I, think here, but... I think what it was. I think when I saw him, I was a bit starstruck, and I thought I had to try to be cool. If I went over and said, "Hello, mate. All right, Mike. Mike like, all, right, all right, mate. Oh, right, Michael." You know, I need to thought, oh, "Who's this guy?" And obviously, it's a bit of rivalry. So I thought if I could pretend to be like on his side, I go. 
wow, what an honor to meet you. Like, <laughs> I thought I would have come a bit cool. But if he asked me my name, I would never say it was Nigel. I would have said it's like Jesse or like uh, Clint <laughs> or like, you know, uh, like, you know, something, something quite Brad, cool. You know? Brad, Brad. Yeah, yeah Brad. Yeah. I am Brad. I'm, I'm Brad. Yeah, it's me. Where are you from? Colorado. Uh, but I would have been Brad from Colorado for that moment with Michael Jordan. But uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I did it. Things happen, eh? He probably exactly. walked away as well, wondering and trying to kind of process where that accent was from. I'm, uh, I'm sure it's been, I'm sure it's been baffling him for the last what, yeah. twenty odd, twenty odd years. I'm sure he's been thinking, uh, what, what was gone that guy's? Like, where, where, where's that? Accent? Well, in New York, the whole of New York, everyone said, what part of Australia am I from? So in the last, in the last <laughs> four weeks, they said, I'm not really that very good at accents. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, that brings us on nicely to this week's question, and this week's question is. Which uh, former England international once picked up a ball from behind the goal Nigel was keeping and uh, said to him or complimented him on his save before throwing the ball back to him? I'll give you a little bit of history on this, Harry. It was a, cool. I got, it was a tournament. I was in a big football tour, soccer tournament um, a few years ago. And we got to the final. We, won, we played about four and I was the goalkeeper. And in the final, we played this game and this guy was presenting the trophies. And he was standing right. I didn't know who's behind my goal. Ball went down to the right hand. I went down and palmed it around the corner. And uh, he, he stopped the ball in his hand, threw the ball to me and said, good save. And I was like, wow. And then I looked at him and, uh, and, and it was a very famous former England captain. Which England captain was it? It wasn't Michael Jordan either. Um, no. So the options are John Terry, Stephen Gerrard, David Beckham or Wayne Rooney. Those are the four options that you can choose from. So please do hit us up. You can tweet us. Uh, you can find our Twitter handles in the description, ping us over your answers, or you can email uh, contact Bet Rivers directly as well with your answers. And uh, yeah, so we're going to leave that mystery there for you to mull over over Christmas and you can have a, a good think and, and wonder which former England star it was that uh, got the ball and rolled it back to Nigel while complimenting him on his save. And if you haven't got the gist of it yet, Nigel's pretty well connected i don't think there's he's going to tell us he went for dinner with bruce willis next week i'm sure no no you knew that that was that was that was that was, that was a few that was a few years ago now me and bruce oh, it, demi oh, demi moore was hitting all over me i had to say listen demi leave it out this is, bruce is here i'm just a, i'm just a lad from london demi back off yeah. well, i'm just a, i'm just the guy from colorado called brad who sometimes gets mistaken for an australian from sydney when i'm in new york brilliant stuff right that brings us to the end of the podcast uh, thank you all so much uh, for tuning in thank you for your constant support we'd like to wish you all a merry christmas as well and a happy new year um any sort of uh, final message for the year nigel because are we going to be yeah, yeah we be we'll, 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 be be back, we'll be back one more week for the year and we'll wrap up the year with a couple of weeks. hopefully we get a nice parlay uh the bet of the week this weekend uh is going to be the, the the over those three and a half cards in the brighton v brentford game uh i think that's going to be very fiery so that'll be my bet of the weekend it's a bit of a a, a, a um a prop bet for you there um but yeah i want to wish everybody a, a very happy uh, Merry holiday, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we're we'll talking to you in the New Year. And we've got some really exciting stuff coming up in the New Year with Bet Rivers, with myself and Harry, which will bring me bringing you as well. But thank you for all all your support, all your uh, good feedback on the podcast so far, and hopefully uh, we get some winners. But be very safe out there, and also be very safe this weekend and in the coming weekends with your wallet, because um, 
Don't get carried away. Don't think we can get all the money back for Christmas with these COVID issues because it's very, very hard to make money uh, when we've got the uncertainty of what teams are going to be coming out on the weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, Nigel. Thank you very much. Thank you, listener. And we'll be back very soon with more. Until next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 